You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast, bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah Utes. Now, your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott. Welcome on into the Utah Man Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking. Utes in Stanford, and we're going to have special guest Steve Bartle from UteZone.com. I'm Cameron, and we got Ryan. Hey, Ute Nation. And Scott. Hey, howdy, howdy, howdy. <laughs> bye, bye, George. It's a good day. Did you go to Texas on the bye week, Scott? <laughs> howdy, folks. Talk some football. You're the biggest nerd. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Utah had the bye week. Oh, man, it's good and to have football Scott this week. Scott went to the south. I traveled. I went down into Big 12 country. <laughs> hey, you're closer to Big 12 than BYU's been. Boom. Ooh. Boom. I had more success, too. That deserves a <laughs> drum roll right there. Seriously, I know we don't want to talk about them, but how bad are they? Good that was God. pathetic. Oh, that game was awful to watch, really, from both sides. But But, hey, you know... When you hire high school coaches, that's what you get. All right. Before we uh, get really into the show, I want to give a big shout out to our sponsor at Farmers Insurance. For protecting your home, vehicle, and family, look to Farmers Insurance. Call Scott Omer at 801-307-4046. So Utah's welcoming in the Stanford Cardinal, or as I like to call them, the Stanford Trees, into Rice-Cycle Stadium this Saturday there's still a lot of questions with injuries. Of course, Winningham wouldn't go into them. Shocker. We kind of broke down the offense last week with, with Huntley and Williams. So I really want to start talking about it is really the defense and with, with injuries that are on, on that side of the ball, especially with the DNs with Anai and Fitz being questionable. We've really got to get a good rushing defense attack going with Bryce Love coming in with Stanford. Yeah, that's going to be the key to the game. I mean, Stanford, we know what they are. They've been they've been this way for how many years? They are going to run the ball. They're going to play action pass, and it's just going to be can you stop the run? The good news is we can. The good news is that's our strength. The bad news is do we have the guys needed to do it? Yeah, that's going to be interesting to watch. I mean, as has been noted all season long, this is the deepest we've ever been on the defensive line. But it's going to take more than just the lineman, I think, to uh, stop him. It's going to be a, it's got to be a team effort. The linebackers have got to hit the gaps, and the the corners have got to tackle soundly. Hopefully, you know, hopefully they're not getting to the getting to the defensive backfield too much for them to make tackles but it's got to be a team effort so i would suspect that we're probably not going to see fits reports are that uh, you know he's been in a boot uh well those are reports that are not coming from the program let's just make this clear but <laughs> me twitter um, reports <laughs> any anywho but uh i don't i don't know if we're going to see fits obviously hopefully he does Anai, I would suspect we do see Anai. Um, he's tweeted out some things himself. So in the event that Fitz is out, I would suspect you're going to see uh, Mocha Fisi. Gets, uh, he'll slide out to defensive end like he did much of last year. 
And uh, even though he's bulked up for one game, he's going to be able to, to, to play that position and really kind of force Really, he's just got to force any type of runs back into the center, which is where our strength is, you know. And, and if you're replacing Mokafisi with uh, Lucky Fotu or Pitatanga, I mean, those guys have been awesome so far this season. So the depth is there at D tackle, a little thin at the moment at defensive end, but uh, I still think this plays to our strength. We're ad- averaging just giving up 87 yards a game. Now, granted, we haven't played the toughest schedule in the world, but we're number one in the Pac-12 in rush defense, number 10th in the country. This will be the biggest test to date, probably even maybe beyond Arizona, um, just because of what uh, how good Bryce Love has shown through uh, through their first five games, over 1,000 yards rushing through five games. That's pretty impressive. So if we can stop that, then we're going to be in good position because they are starting. Um, I don't believe Kel- Kellen Christ is going to be ready to go. No, I think it's supposed to be Costello again, which is their, their st- I think originally their third string quarterback, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So, and this will be his first road start. And something that we need to remember this cannot be understated. Stanford is not used to playing in front of what we call fans. <laughs> You know, like bring it, Ute fans. Every home game is like a practice for them. So, I mean, I'm not even just trying to be funny. I'm dead serious. They have the worst. He is. No, you should I, see his face. I, I I watched their whole game this past Saturday. It looked like it looked like a red and white game. It, no, I I think there's more fans at red and white games. It's it's pathetic. I, I don't pathetic. know how they're as good as they are when they have zero fan support, but. This will be his first uh, true road start. This, this, uh, you know, as good as our defense is playing, as as good as a secondary as we have. I mean, we've got some options here, um, and so I, I, I'm really excited. We we match up very well against Stanford. We're, heck, we're two and zero against against them so far, um, being in the Pac-12. So um, I think we've got a great opportunity to come in here, even though Vegas doesn't agree. Uh, I think we got a good chance. I think we win this thing. I mean, I know that's breaking news, but <laughs> I, I really, I really like our chances. Well, I think I agree with you, Scott, uh, with with Utah's success against Stanford. And I think one of that successes is, I mean, Kavika even said it today at the press conference, is that this defense is really built to to shut down a rushing attack like Stanford. Uh, and, you know, he even alluded that. That's why there's problems with Arizona. Um, it, it's built more to stop kind of a power run game like Stanford. My question for you guys is, if we have to go deep, uh, I mean, obviously we're going to have to rotate guys in. If we have to go deep, if we're putting in Caleb Rep or Chris Hart, do you think we can still get that same amount of, of pressure and, and that same amount of, of rushing defense that we need? Oh, yeah. I... I mean, obviously. I mean, they're they're inexperienced, but I, they got they got a, a lot of play in Arizona. But out of that Arizona, do, do you guys have confidence in that? Yeah, I've I've got complete confidence in those guys because I don't think you I don't think you see the field at Utah, especially in the D line, unless you do your job. And I mean, you look at Chris Hart, you look at Caleb Rep. They're young guys. Um, they're still trying to you know get in the you know get in the full rotation and kind of come into their own. 
but uh, you know, Chris Hart had a great, great play, great uh, sack against Arizona. I oh, he think. had a sack and a fumble recovery, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, on uh, um, that that final drive, the fumble recovery, recovery, which was huge. But I, I think you know those guys. Obviously, are they this? They don't have the star power that that Fitz has, or you know, even Bradley and I has gotten in a short time. But they're capable and they're talented. So if they're given opportunities, and even the small opportunities that we've seen so far, they're they are making plays and they're making an impact. I'd like to see a little bit more out of Max Tupai. We haven't seen much out of him, and he was a pretty heralded recruit, but. Uh, Again, that just, I think, shows the depth that we've got. So, yes, it hurts to lose a guy like Fitz and Ann and I have be banged up. But I'm really not too concerned with the depth of the D-line. I mean, Henniger came in against Arizona, showed some quality reps. And uh, obviously, that's going to be the key. you got to put pressure on Costello, as, uh, as we alluded to earlier. But Whittingham's been preaching this for the 40 years he's been at Utah. You've got to stop the ball. You've got to stop the run first and foremost. And if we do that, we don't have to keep Bryce Love to 30 yards rushing for the game. I don't think that's realistic because they have a great O-line. They're going to get their opportunities. They're going to win some battles. And you're not going to keep a guy who's got that much home run capability down an entire game. He's going to ha- he's going to break off a few. The question is, can we make sure that those ones he doesn't break off lead to long touchdowns and and cheap cheap touchdowns because that can really deflate the defense. But uh, yeah, I I've, I've got complete confidence in the D-line. I think you're going to see guys like uh Hansen and Blair when he when he's eligible to come back in the second half playing playing in the box down by the line of scrimmage to to stop the run. I think I think they're going to let the corners be on their own back there and try to let the quarterback beat them. Well, in anything that we've learned through uh, through this scandal in college basketball is the NCAA has no power. So let's just let Marquise Blair play from the start. What, is, what are they going to do? <laughs> Not to go on a tangent, but they need to address the targeting role, but... Oh, that's yeah, so ridiculous. That's just my opinion. I I agree. We I mean again, what we've been saying, we get we got we're not going to be able to stop Love completely, right? He's averaging over two hundred yards a game, but if we can just keep him below his average, I think that will be a key well, thing that, for this defense. Exactly, because that's what we did against Arizona. Yeah, we gave up a bunch of yards, but they were still held under a hundred yards under their average, or over a hundred yards under the average. So. Yes, you're going to give up some, but uh, yeah, we just got to keep it in check. And uh, and then the other aspect is the offense has got to take advantage. Stanford, they're big up front, so it may be a little bit hard to run on them. But we have got to make some improvements on third down. We got to make some improvements in the red zone, and we we've got to help the defense out. We can't win this game by scoring 17 points. We've got to get some points up on the board. And almost turn it into a shootout where they cannot then just keep running love the entire game. They've got to start passing the ball. So if we can get a lead, if we can get some points up on the board and continue to put points up on the board throughout the game, I think we take them out of their game and uh, and we put everything on the shoulders of a third-string quarterback. Well, I, I think on the offensive side of the ball, if you 
if you can fix that third down conversion percentage, if you can, uh, if we can just get it above 30%, <laughs> and you can get that running game going and, and, um, control the ball, then love's not on the field. The more our offense is on the field, sustaining drives and hopefully scoring touchdowns, then you, then love's not going to do his thing. So kind of what you guys are talking about, that's what happened in their USC game. You know, they lost 42 to 24 and that's what USC did, right? They, they got the lead. They forced Stanford to get out of that comfort zone of just being able to run the ball. They had to go a little, a little bit faster, throw the ball and they held love to 160 yards and only one touchdown. So I kind of think that's the recipe of success. What we're saying, keep, their offense off, get a lead, and make them throw. The the thing that scares me a little bit about, I mean, I agree with that with that plan. The thing that scares me with us this week is the possibility of not having Huntley. I don't think we're going to have Huntley. I think it's. I I think you're probably. I'd be right, shocked to know. see him out there. I I just don't think. Now, granted, yes, we had the bye week, and that helps, but I don't think. He's gonna come back and be be ready to go. Even even if he even if he can endure the pain essentially to get out there and throw, I'm not sure it's the smartest thing to do. With if you're not 100, percent you get another hit. And now he's gone for a full month, you yeah, know, or yeah, maybe the rest on, of the on season. A, on a quarterback on a throwing shoulder, yeah, you want to treat that very seriously and not not rush him back. Well, of course, we all want him to play, but we don't want him to. We don't want to. In- potentially endanger the rest of the season just because of one game. Well, I mean, I, in all honesty, we match up so well against Stanford. We were we were a crap 5-7 and seven team, and they came into Rice-Eccles, the number five team in the country, and we beat them. And then we beat them the, the next year down in Stanford. That was a really ugly game, but we match up so well with them. We were beating them when we really didn't even have Pac-12 talent. We have upgraded so much um, over these last few years. I think, I think we've got the ability. I'm really, and maybe I'll be eating my words come midnight Saturday night because it's another late freaking start, Pac-12. <laughs> but I'm really not concerned about this game. I think I'm more concerned about the fast Arizonas, the Arizona States. They're the ones that give us struggles. We match up so well. These are like-minded teams, and uh, I, I think I think we win comfortably. Quite honestly, we've watched Troy Williams, Law of last season, and we know he's capable. There's something about him that makes me nervous having him as our starting quarterback. The fact that every other ball is an incomplete. <laughs> Oh, let me just tell you this though. You got to remember That's a though. It's bad ratio it, right there. It's Troy Williams under Aaron Roderick. It's true. So That's maybe true. maybe now with, you know, 2 weeks of planning, it will it will get better, right? I like your positive thinking, <laughs> Cam. Try. Mm-hmm. Well, and and I think we've upgraded wide receivers. We've got some we've got more weapons than we had a year ago under him. And uh, so I think that's going to help. Obviously, yeah, he is what he is. We we he's not just going to turn into a Heisman hopeful all of a sudden. So, but but he's good enough to get the job done. He he can make some big plays. 
if he can eliminate some of those poor mistakes and uh, and not not turn the ball over, I think we'll be just fine. Just keep throwing the ball to Carrington, <laughs> and uh, we'll be good. It's gravy from there, baby. All right, so that's kind of our, our breakdown of this game coming up, uh, especially with all the injuries. Before we bring S- Steve Bartle on, all right, and that interview is going to be brought to you by Double Tree Suites by Hilton in Salt Lake City downtown, 110 West, 600 South. They are the preferred hotel for Pac-12 teams when they come to Salt Lake. All right, so joining us on the phone now is Steve Bartle from UteZone.com. Steve, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, no problem, guys. Thanks for having me. So the Utes, four games in, I know you were at every single practice. I just got to know from what you see in the last four games, Are is this Utah team playing to the level that you were expecting? Uh, that's a great question. And to be honest, I'm um, probably a little more surprised at, at the level that the offense is playing at. Uh, to be quite honest, um, being at practice and, and seeing, I mean, Cam, you've been there and, and I'm sure you've other guys have been there to, to some practices, but in those limited minutes that you get, you don't get a whole lot of actual offensive play. And I mean, you see them run plays, but it's all, you know, just scrimmage type stuff and it's all scripted. So you don't get a, a good feel of what they're actually running. And so, uh, just the vibe of the offense with Tyler Huntley thus far this season is has been tremendous. He's been he's been great so far, and you know he's he's definitely exceeded my expectations as a as a uh, as who I thought would be starting at, at quarterback. And he's made great improvements in his game, and I think you know he's a perfect fit in this Troy Taylor offense. You know this read option heavy offense and. You know, he's he's been masterful at it. And and the defensive side of the ball, you know, those guys are as stingy as ever. Um, they've replaced a lot of positions and they they don't skip a beat. Um, it's it's been quite impressive to see just the the talent that's come into the program and, and seeing guys like, you know, Jalen Johnson, Marquise Blair, Javon Gidry, all those guys just making plays. So, you know, to be honest, it's been frustrating. There's been a lot of things that have happened that have kind of um, I guess soured the taste or the product, I guess, but overall, I mean, it's been fairly clean outside of the penalties and, and the timely turnovers and that kind of thing, but they've played much better than I thought they would much cleaner than I thought they would, which is kind of weird to say when you talk about penalties and, and turnovers, but it's been uh, a well executed in terms of the offense and that kind of thing. Steve, with with Stanford coming in this weekend, assuming that Huntley is unable to go, do you see the offense being changed at all to accommodate uh, Williams, or do you think it'll be a lot of the same of what we've seen? You know, I, th- I think that's the question on everybody's mind. Is you you saw the difference in in the Arizona game where Huntley was in compared to to Troy Williams? You, I don't know what it was. But to you guys, did, I mean, did it feel like the offense was just trudging? You know, it was just going yes. through sludge or whatever. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was slow. It was bogged down. It, I mean, it was. It was. I mean, it was still effective in, in in moments, but it it definitely had a different feel, similar to really what we saw last year. 
Exactly. And, and that's the thing that I think everybody felt that. And so there's kind of that worry that, you know, we're going to revert back to, to what the offense was last year, but you know, it's kind of a difficult situation for Troy Taylor where you've prepared all week for a certain style QB that does, you know, a certain thing really well in the read option. And that suddenly is not the case anymore. We don't have that available in the offense. And so, uh, yeah, there were some adjustments that had to be made and and certain things will be will be, I guess, adjusted uh, in terms of the read option and, and the the read pass option. Um, I think you'll see less actual read option and more just, all right, we're going to hand it off. We're going to keep it. We're going to play action this. Um, so, yeah, I think there will be slight adjustments. It's all going to look the same. Like that's the thing with the offenses. They're going to go through the same actions the same motions in the read option but it's going to be you'll it'll be more predetermined you know they'll they'll call it a certain way so it'll be interesting to see but i think i think there's going to be some adjustments made this this week if it is in fact troy so the i mean we've talked most of the attention has really been on the quarterback position with with huntley and with Carrington in the, in the wideouts, give, give us your thoughts on the O-line and uh, the progress that we've seen. Uh, I mean, it's a brand new O-line across the board. Yeah. So, I mean, outside of, uh, outside of Lecky. So what, what are your thoughts on what you're seeing? You know, again, to be quite honest with you, I, I, they've exceeded my expectations as a group. Um, when you talk about replacing four NFL uh, draftees, it, it, that's a lot of talent to lose. And to, to replace all that, you know, typically you'll see struggles. I mean, you look at a team like UCLA where they just can't keep Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen upright. They can't run block for, for their lives. Um, and you don't, I mean, they've struggled, but they're still able to protect the quarterback. They've been phenomenal in their pass blocking. It's, it's been unbelievable. And, uh, that's probably been the biggest surprise for me is how well the O-line has, has been in pass blocking. Um, they are just, you can't get past them. You know, with Jackson Barton, he is, he's as good on that left side as just about anybody in, in the league right now. And, and Darren Paulo, you know, he's new to to the right tackle. He's, he's played predominantly at, at left guard at his time in, in, at Utah, but he's, he's progressed probably the most on that offensive line through through four games so um he's he's picking things up and it's all mental things there's there's a lot of a lot of things where chemistry comes involved with with offensive line play where you're when you're combo blocking some guy you got to know when to to slide off and, and get to the second level and that just comes with chemistry and getting reps with guys so they're, they're starting to gel. They're starting to get those chemistry that they're starting to build that chemistry and, and really starting to, to find their, um, find their groove, I guess. I, I, I've, the offensive line is, is a group that I pay a lot of attention to, you know, in my breakdowns and, and they've progressed each and every game where the mistakes are, are fewer and far between. Um, but there are still mistakes. Like that's the thing is they'll, they'll never be perfect, but, um, they they are getting better. It's just a matter that the the defense 
that they face is also getting better. So that's the that's the issue. So they're getting better, but it's also a matter of the defense also getting better. Hey Steve, I know you know recruiting is really what you excel at, and and, and giving you know fans the firsthand knowledge about recruiting. This week was the bye week, and of course, a lot of coaches go out at that time and visit high school mm-hmm. kids. This past week, what are some names that maybe have just jumped on the radar that maybe not a lot of Utah fans ha- have heard of? Um, the big one is probably Eric Izukama. Um, he's a wide receiver out of Texas. He's actually visiting this upcoming week. Um, I just, I just got to say, you pronounce names a lot better than I do. <laughs> Cam needs hooked on phonics. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a tough one to say. I, I was worried I was going to butcher it. Um, the problem but... is none of us would know it, even if you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, for all we know, I, I totally butchered it, but we'll never know. So thank goodness. Um, so he, he's he's a wide receiver out of Texas. He's the 27th ranked receiver, uh, according to Scout. Um, and then also Solomon Ennis. He's a guy that just kind of um, burst onto the – not really burst onto the scene, but he, he – uh, just announced he's taking a visit to Utah a couple weeks ago. And so it just kind of came out of nowhere where, Hey, this four-star kid out of Arizona um, is going to be taking a trip to Utah. And uh, I think that all points back to the offense and what they're doing. So you've got a couple four-star receivers um, that have just kind of popped up and are, I think are um, gaining interest in Utah because of the offense and because of what they're doing with, Carrington and and with the other receivers so a um, couple uh, of receivers there there's a, a couple other guys a, a running back Dion Smith that's committed to Colorado that'll also be visiting um, this upcoming Saturday for Stanford um, uh, kind of a faster back a, a, a lengthy back he's not a bigger guy he's kind of a skinnier uh, speed guy so um, that'll be interesting to see what they do with him um, but yeah there's just a there's going to be a lot of offensive recruits that they're going to be bringing through. You know, they're, they're really looking to upgrade the the talent across the board, but really focus on, on the receiver position. So it'll be interesting, interesting to see what happens this upcoming week with all the visitors. So we'll see. So this is our, this is our weekly plug for, uh, for Ute zone and all the recruiting info, but, uh, um, <laughs> Tell tell us a little bit. What's the biggest position of need that we're going to see in this recruiting class? What uh, what positions are they going hard after? So the the biggest one is of the biggest position of need is probably linebacker. Um, you're losing Sonia Taltioli and, and Kavikalua Fatsanga, um, and the guys behind them. Um, Cody Barton's played plenty, but you know what you have in, in Cody Barton. Um, you've got a guy like Devin Lloyd who has all the physical attributes, but he's, he's just a freshman this year. He's, he's red shirting. He's a, a gigantic kid at, at six, four and probably two thirty right now, but he's, he's new to the position. So you're going to, you're going to see a lot of linebackers coming through, um, on visits and stuff. And, and, uh, that's going to be a big position of need. Um, wide receiver is also a, a big position. Um, as as noted with with the how many receivers do we have coming uh there are four actually six wide receivers coming in um for stanford so they're really looking to 
to upgrade the talent at wide receiver. That's that's going to be a big one. Um, defensive tackle is a is another important one for for the staff. They're looking to bring in a couple guys, hey, and then Steve. Not to yeah, not, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt, but while, while you're talking on that subject of a wide receiver, just offensive recruits, it it does seem at least this year in the little time that since Troy Taylor's uh, been uh, been hired as the OC, there is kind of more of a focus. It does seem like we're bringing in more offensive guys than, uh, than maybe we've done in the past. Is, is, is that true or does it just seem that way? What, what, are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, no, that, it's absolutely true. Um, they are definitely looking to upgrade the offensive side of the ball, you know, across the board. Um, not only at receiver, but there's this kid, Michael Ezeke, who's coming in on a visit um, for Stanford, who's kind of that wide receiver tight end. He's kind of a mismatched tight end, kind of like a, a Jordan Reed in the NFL or a, a Rob Gronkowski, where he's just a bigger guy, but he's athletic enough to play receiver. And so they're looking for those dynamic playmakers that are just mits, mismatched nightmares, um, you know, where you can just count on them to make plays for you uh, weekend and, and, and week out. So, um, they are definitely looking to upgrade the offense and the skill position specifically. So it's, I don't think that I've ever seen this many receivers visit Utah, uh, in one weekend. Um, and, and not, you know, we're talking four, four star receivers, you know, that I don't know if that's ever happened before at Utah where you're bringing in four, <laughs> four star receivers, you know, and, and I think that that all points back to the offense and what Troy Taylor is doing and, and the vision that he has for the offense. Not only does he have the vision, but he's also saying, Hey, look what I'm doing with Darren Carrington. You know, I'm not only, you know, talking the talk, but I'm walking the walk and and we're going to do this with you and this offense. And so uh, these guys, these recruits are, are definitely eating it up and they're loving it. So um, they're taking advantage of it as they should. And, and, and bringing these talented playmakers in. So Steve, I saw you tweeted out um, this evening about the recruits coming in. And one in particular, I believe you said that Jack Tuttle will be in this weekend. King Tut will be in the, yes, he will be in the building. (laughs) Is that his official visit? It is his official visit. And I think it's very interesting that they plan his official visit with all of these other offensive playmakers <laughs> that, that was gonna be my question is is how big of an influence really has he been in other prospects you know he's um jack is man i i wish i could tell you guys all the conversations that we have um but jack is an interesting guy he's completely focused on his season at mission hills he's he shut down his social media and and uh, he's he's doing a great job there at Mission Hills, but he has been um, very important in getting a lot of these playmakers, these four-star kids, to come and actually listen to what the coaches are telling them. You know, it's it's one thing to to say, "Hey, we're going to throw the ball at Utah, and we're going to get you the ball," but it's another to have a kid like Jack Tuttle, an Elite Eleven quarterback, who's being featured in elite 11 a television series on nfl network you know every single week um they can point to that and say hey look this kid he's he's gonna get you the ball and look at tyler huntley too you know he's he's gonna get you the ball um 
And so I, I think that that's a huge deal to have Jack in there um, on his official visits with these guys. And he's been, he's been so important to this class. Um, he means everything to this class. And so um, he's, he's working these guys and, and every chance that he gets um, to tell other recruits to come to Utah, he's going to tell them to come to Utah. And so he's, he's been huge for Utah and huge for this class. And, and, he's going to continue to push guys to come to Utah. And so he's working hard to get as much talent up on the Hill as possible. Okay. So uh, going back here out of last year's class, who, who stands out to you? Uh, I know we're only four games in here, but who stands out from um, who's made the biggest impact through, uh, through four games? I mean, I, I really can't say anybody else other than Jalen Johnson. You're bold. Me and him are just, yeah. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Just, I'm but. just joking with you. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I think the biggest impact player for me has been Marquise Blair. Yes. Um. Oh, man, I, I love this kid. Oh, go ahead. I don't know if you're going to say something, but. No, I'm just, he, I, I have a man crush on him like you do with Jalen. <laughs> oh, man. I don't I don't know that that's totally true because I don't know that you can reach the level that I have with Jalen. That's true. I'm, no, not, I'm, I'm not that creepy. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I mean, Marquis Blur, when he's on the field, the entire defense just, uh, it changes. I had a conversation with one of the players after the Arizona game. And he said, Marquise player is my favorite player on the team right now. And it's because of that, just physicality, that just fearlessness that he brings. And, and just that attacking mentality where he's just looking to put guys, you know, in the dirt each and every time, um, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's been great. He's been so much fun to watch. And I say that just because, you have other guys like Jalen Johnson and Corian Ballard who are making plays. Um, they aren't making uh, their presence felt as much as Marquise Blair, um, but it's because they're doing their job. And that's the thing with this class is they've come right in and they're doing their job. They're doing what they're supposed to. They're, they're not getting burned. You know, they're not getting, they're not making mistakes. They're doing what they're supposed to. And it allows a playmaker like Marquise Blair to just come in and clean things up. You know, he's, he's been unbelievable breaking down the defense and he's all over the field His his motor. I love his motor. It's nonstop. It doesn't end. And he is constantly looking to just hit dudes that I, I think that that speaks to fans that speaks to players, you know, that this dude is just willing to go, you know, 100 miles an hour, the entire play and, and go, you know, just, balls to the wall basically and and looking to to just do his thing so he's been a lot of fun to watch but this class man it's it's talented there's a lot of good players in this class so it's it's tough to pick just one but i would have to go marquise blair what about you guys Oh yeah, Blair. Blair's the standout for me. Obviously, just you know what you just described. I mean, he just throws his body around and just jacks people. And yeah. uh, I mean, Jalen, he's been he's been rock solid. Um, you know, I, I those two those two are by far kind of your your standouts. But uh, but I think what we're seeing is we're, we're seeing a lot of young guys. I mean, true freshmen come in and play and get and get significant reps, not just garbage. You know, garbage time. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, just the the overall depth of these classes and the type of athletes that we're getting is just you know five, even even from five years ago when we six years ago when we just got into the Pac-12, it's a night and day difference from who we're getting. Oh yeah, yeah, and and just from from three years ago. Um, in the class that they landed Zach Moss and Tyler Huntley and Damari Simpkins and, and Garrett Bowles uh, to last year's class. Um, each year, these past three year, years, you're, you, we've said that this is Utah's best class ever, you know, and, and each year it's gotten better. And the staff is continuing to to improve and, and do things and um, find ways to, to get better players, you know, at Utah. And so they are taking advantage of, the success that they've had on the field of the success that they've had putting players into the NFL. And they're able to, to sell that to recruits and to families. And, and the biggest thing that they have going for them is just that family atmosphere up on the Hill where they can sell that to, to moms and dads and say, Hey, we're going to take care of your son and, and we're going to to make sure to develop him not only as a player, but as a man and, uh, and get him where he wants to be. And so, they are just reaping the benefits right now of the talent that they're bringing in and, and are continuing to, to make strides in the recruiting, in the recruiting world. So they're doing, you know, they're doing a great job. Hey Steve, um, kind of talking about that, that, the atmosphere that, that Winningham's building with recruiting and whatnot, you know, this past week with the FBI sting with college basketball, just want to get your quick thoughts. Has that creeped in? to college football at all? Uh, that's a great question. And, and one, um, one that I'm not sure I should really answer, uh, but I mean, we've heard stories, plenty of stories where, come on, Steve you know, yeah. dish. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you don't. You yes, don't have to. I, you don't have to name names or schools or whatnot. No, uh, you heard. No, that. but but are are there dirty programs in college football? Oh yeah. And and it, how is Utah with? I know a lot of fans uh, have been concerned. You know, especially with with guys at Arizona saying, you know, don't throw stones and glass windows or glass or whatever that saying oh, is. Oh man, Arizona. <laughs> Arizona is the saltiest <laughs> program, man. They Seriously. they got busted hard, and they are. But oh, but just God. saying that, what what are your overall thoughts just about the the program, the recruiting program that that Winningham is running? It's it's the cleanest program, you know that that I've I can tell. Uh, squeaky clean. Uh, they have a hard time even promising guys that they'll have a starting position. Like that's the thing is, it's so clean that they can't even lie about something like that. You know. Um, they'll, they'll promise that you'll have an opportunity for playing time. They'll promise, they'll make promises that you can come in and, and you can earn a starting spot, but it is um, with what coach Whittingham and, and coach Kraskoviak have done up on the hill is they've ran, um, ran a, a very clean program. Um, and it's something that Utah fans should be proud of. Um, I got a, uh, a text message from, from a friend of mine that one school in particular that that got nailed in basketball is, is kind of sweating it right now in, in football as well. And I, I won't name the school, but, um, 
uh, I wouldn't be surprised if a player that recently decommitted from, from the school commits to Utah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, but um, yeah, Utah, they, they run a clean program and it's, there's no, it's no secret. It's, it's nothing to worry about. They run a clean program. Well, uh, Steve, we accept DMs after the fact, so uh, <laughs> just go ahead and send them our way. <laughs> no problem, guys. I can do that. Just slide on in. <laughs> hey, before we let you go, I want to kind of get your thoughts uh, just overall with the Stanford game coming up. And I know, obviously, you know, you're going to have your radio show to talk about it and, and of course, online. Um, but just what are kind of your, your first thoughts that you can share with us? Bryce Love, stop him. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to is he is what makes Stanford, you know, he, what he's, what makes them go. Um, when you've got a guy that's ran for a thousand yards, over a thousand yards in five games, um, which is more than what they've passed for as a team. I, I mean, that's, that's really what it is. And, and so I think for me is if you can keep Bryce love contained and the thing with him is, um, you can keep him quiet for a half, but he's got that explosiveness, kind of like Joe Williams um, from last year, where he can break off 50, 60, 70-yard runs, and all of a sudden, you know, it's uh, he's got three scores in about, you know, eight minutes. Um, he is that explosive kind of player where you you have to do all that you can to, to contain him. So um, for me... Um, it all comes down to stopping Bryce Love, and it's not all on the defensive line and, and the play in the trenches. I think when you've got a, a running back that's averaging eight yards, that's not only first-level blocking, but that's second-level and third-level blocking um, in regards to blocking linebackers and blocking safeties and, and defensive backs. So it's not entirely on the, the defensive line alone to to stop Bryce Love, but it's on the entire defense um, to make sure they're getting off blocks, they're tackling. Um, and the, the good thing is, is this is, I, I think Whittingham is, has referenced this uh, multiple times, but he has stated that this is his most physical secondary in, in terms of tackling. You know, they're, they're, they're the most sure tacklers that he's ever had. Um, and that's going to be so important when you've got an athletic um, running back like um, like Bryce Love. So for me, it's it's stop Bryce Love. Um, and then the second, another point is going to be third downs and, and making sure that you keep Stanford out of short third downs, which is going to be tough. But keeping them in in third and and five and and longer, um, that'll that'll really help you. And then for Utah as well on the offensive side of the ball, I want to see the offensive line, you know, really get better, um, take another step forward and um, and really find their groove, not only in terms of pass blocking, but also creating creases for Zach Moss and, and, and DHC and get that running game going. It's going to be so important that they take a, a huge step forward this week. And with the bye week, you know, hopefully that, that allowed some, some time to, to work on things, clean things up and that. Um, but I, I think that this is a winnable game. Um, 
it's a big game and it's an important game. Um, I think that I have Utah winning it. I haven't really nailed down a score just yet, but um, my gut tells me it's going to be 27 to 20 Utah um, takes the victory. So we'll see about it, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a slug fest, man. I'll tell you that. Steve, thanks so much for coming on and everyone. You can uh, read his stuff at utezone.com and as well as his show, Utecast on ESPN 700 on Wednesday nights at seven. And Steve, where can people find you on social media? So my Twitter handle is S Bartle scout. Um, you can, I, I suck at Twitter, so, you know, don't be coming here looking for comedy or <laughs> nothing like that. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm strictly here for business and for football purposes. There, there are no jokes or, or funnies to be made. So, um, unless Jay no, Johnson's just the topic. Oh man. I can't tell you how many I've, I swear I've, I've reached 2000 questions on, on Jalen Johnson. If I could keep track, I'd be a millionaire or something. And that was in like a two month span too. <laughs> oh man. It, you think it would slow down, but it's, uh, you know, it's still, Hey, Hey Steve is Jalen still committed. And I'm just like, ha ha, you know, the sarcastic kind of a laugh, but, but no, it's been good. So, but yeah, catch me on Twitter. S Bartle scout. Um, appreciate you guys having me on. I, I love your guys' podcast. Love listening to you guys provide some great, great insight and, and good stuff. So I, know, thanks, I appreciate Steve. it. Oh, man. I appreciate you jumping. I know I told you it'd only be about 10 minutes and we've taken way more of your time tonight. So really I know. And that's, it. yeah, no problem at all. I'm, I'm glad to, I'm out here in Boston and you know, I've missed talking Utah football. So I appreciate you guys having me on. Very good. Right, man, awesome stuff, man. Awesome guys, we'll talk to you later. Thanks, buddy. Bye. See ya. Yeah, it's always good to have uh, have Steve on. I, I, it's a lot of good recruiting insights. Uh, guys coming into the program, the level of interest in some of these high profile recruits that uh, that they have in Utah, and especially on the offensive side of the ball, we've kind of had that on the defensive side, and we're kind of giving the been getting the castoffs, so to speak. If you're an offensive recruit, don't take offense by that, but. The offense is just really taking uh, another level, as as he alluded to, the amount of wide receivers, high-profile guys that uh, that are have Utah in their final fours um, are taking visits here. So a lot of exciting things uh, on the horizon for Utah football, and uh, so a lot of good insight, and and all that's going to hap- help to uh, ensure more uh, a lot more victories down the road for the Utes. You know what I find interesting about that whole thing is – in just, I mean, he Taylor hasn't even been here a year yet, and he's bringing that type of excitement and enthusiasm to the program that these top-level receivers and our offensive players want to come to Utah when it's taken Whittingham nine coordinators to get to that point. Well, but kind of think about this. Okay, I'm I'm kind of going out on a limb on this one here, but. The Utah fan base was a four-star recruit. We like to be told how good we are. We want opportunities to shine. And finally, we got a coach in here that was speaking the game, that was getting us excited. How did the, how did the fan base act 
when Troy Taylor came on board? How? It was seriously night and day difference from when Aaron Roderick was here. Well, it was because there was, it was, there was the potential of something different than we've seen. There was, there was this aspect out there that we're going to be throwing the ball around the field. The wide receivers are going to be involved. It's going to be spread out. And I think, well, and I think part of that excitement was because it was different than what we have become accustomed to. Well, and he said iPhone offense. The whole fan base bought it. Well, iPhone offense, and then he said points, points, points. We're going to score the ball. We're going to score the ball. We're going to score the well, ball. That's probably key right there. So. And and yeah, I mean that got that got the fan base excited. That got all of us just like we're in. Whatever you say, coach, I will go lick the wall if you tell me to. <laughs> and uh, you know, I think he's a salesman. He sold us. And he's out there doing it to these recruits, and he's getting them excited. Apparently, he sold wit, too. <laughs> yeah, well, isn't there that old saying, he could sell uh, sell a piece of ice to an igloo? <laughs> <laughs> to an igloo? To an Eskimo? Eskimo? <laughs> Good golly. No, but obviously, he's selling He's selling these guys. They're, he's getting these recruits excited, and... The thing that really excites me, as you just said, in such a short time, the enthusiasm that he's brought to the program and the eyeballs that he's brought to the program, we really haven't seen the success on the field yet. So when the, when that comes, when we do start scoring 40 points a game and we're just the offense starts clicking, then just just imagine what that's going to do in, for recruiting and getting getting this all this talent just to come, not just visit, not just give us their attention, but actually commit, and well, I, which, I, which I, is happening. It's twofold, though. I mean, the point if, if the points start being scored and the wins start coming, the the Pac-12 South Championship start coming. That's going to be a change. But when you start landing guys, if if they end up landing Tuttle, and apparently, oh, we're getting Tuttle. Don't talk like that. <laughs> I will come across this table and smack you. Well, I hope we do end, end up with it. It sounds like we will. So, And he sounds like a heck of a recruiter himself. You land him, you land a couple of these four-star guys, that's going to change the mindset for all of these other kids out there thinking about coming. All right, so before we go, we always like to you know give a score for the Utah game and then also pick some, t- some Pac-12 games of the week. So let's go ahead and do the Utah score. Ryan, who do you have winning this game, and what's your score? I am going with the Utes, and I'm going to go 27-17. Scott? Well, my enthusiasm is unknown to mankind. (laughs) And uh, I'm feeling really good, so I'm going to go 34-17 victory. Wow, doubles them up. Uh, So as Scott said earlier, uh, we've talked about Vegas first had it as a three-point game. I think it's moved now to six uh, for Stanford. I-, I think Utah gets away with the victory. I think it's an ugly game, but I'm kind of thinking the same lines as you, Ryan. I have 24-17 Utah. Uh, we'd love to know your score and, and pick for the game so you can tweet I- us at Utah Man Podcast. It doesn't seem like you guys have much confidence in Troy Williams. Troy, you hear that? I even said I didn't. <laughs> no, I have confidence. I just think put a few gonna, more chips just, on your shoulders and let's go. It's Do gonna it. be an ugly game. That's put all, all the chips you saying. want. If it helps you win the game, we are gonna score I'll points like the salmon you. of Capistrano. 
The salmon. Did I stutter? Yeah. All right. So our first Pac-12 game we're picking is Cal Bears are traveling to Seattle to take on Washington Huskies. What time is that game? I have 8.45 Mountain Time. Half hour later than us. Peterson's going to be pissed. (laughs) They're the ESPN game. Uh, So I have Washington is favored by 27 points right now. Ryan, where are you going in this one? I will pick the over on that one. Washington. Over, over. Roger, roger. Scott? I'm going to go with the the Huskies. The late night Huskies. All right. I I don't think this is going to be close either. I'm going Washington. All right. And the next game we're picking is Washington State traveling to Eugene to face the Oregon Ducks. This line I've seen, it's been even, it's been Washington State by one, it's been Oregon by one, one and a half. So really, I don't think even Vegas knows what's going on with this one. Washington State is coming off that big win against USC. Ryan, where are you going with this one? It'd be interesting to see how Washington State handles coming off that victory against USC. I think it's close, but I think Washington State goes in and beats them. Scott? Yeah, I, Washington State's rolling. Washington State's got a good team. They've got a running game for the first time in maybe ever. Um, obviously, with what they're doing in the passing game, their defense is good. And uh, Herbert out with a, at least a month with a uh, broken collarbone. So there is a chance that we may not see him when we travel up to Eugene in about a month. So... I think without that, uh, it's going to be too much for Oregon. I'm going to go with Washington State as well. I'm going with the Cougars as well for those same reasons. Um, I at first I was thinking maybe Oregon or Washington State would, you know, be a little too high on themselves right now. Maybe look past Oregon, but really, I, Washington State I think is is well coached with Leach, and so I think they come away with the victory. And the last game. And we're doing it for our buddies over at Free Ballin' Podcast. Arizona and Rich Rods traveling to Boulder to take on the Buffs. This is like a bowl game for the two most hated coaches <laughs> in the conference. <laughs> uh, the Buffs are favored by six and a half right now. Ryan, Wildcats or Buffs? Man. You know, Colorado hasn't looked that great. That was in. Arizona coming off a bye, it'd do wonders for for Utah to knock Colorado out of the running this early in the season. I'm going to go with Arizona on the road, sneaking one out. I'm going to go, um, I think we're going to go with Arizona on this one as well. I think uh, anytime you lose to UCLA, you just aren't very good. <laughs> so I think the Buffs are struggling. I'm going to go with uh the dirty, dirty wildcats, wildcats, wildcats. 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 or wire cats, or you know, cheaters. If, if we can just put it out there, <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, I think Rich Rod will find a way to cheat and win. So the standing with us right now is I'm eleven and one. You guys are nine and three. I'm glad I went last because that way you couldn't steal my pick. I'm going Colorado. You would. Hey, at least we make up another game. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, Arizona is having a lot of distractions. 
they just had a player arrested this past week, and apparently he's already back at practice. They're kind of, and with everything going on with the basketball team, it's kind of media frenzy down there right now. I think there's a lot of distractions, and Colorado has their backs against the wall. I think they come out and and pull the victory against the Wildcats. Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? At Drum and Feather. That's Drum, the letter N, Feather. And Scott? Uh, yes, you can find me at uh, um, on Twitter. At uh, Uteman underscore forever. And that is Uteman underscore forever. So I'm at Utah Man Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And you can always catch us on any podcasting services. And you can always find us at our home at utahmanpodcast.com. Go Utes. Go Utes. Go Utes. We'll be Della Dakayai. We're good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah. You know, if I'm if I'm Morgan Scally, never mind, I'm not, so <laughs> I'm <laughs> If I'm Jessica Alba, you should check me out.